If you want to grab your Bibles now, we're going to turn to 2 Peter chapter 3. Uh, it's on page 1192 of the Pew Bible. Yes, it's the right one. Okay. And we're going to read the whole chapter. To Peter, chapter 3. Dear friends, this is now my second letter to you. I have written both of them as reminders to stimulate you to wholesome thinking. I want you to recall the words spoken in the past by holy prophets and the command given by our Lord and Saviour through, through your apostles. First of all, you must understand that in these last days, scoffers will come, scoffing and following their own evil desires. They will say, where is this coming? He promised. Ever since our fathers died, everything goes on as it has since the beginning of creation. But they deliberately forget that long ago, by God's word, the heavens existed and the earth was formed out of water and by water. By these waters, the world of that time was deluged and destroyed. By the same word, the present heavens and earth were reserved for fire to be kept for the day of judgment and destruction of ungodly men. But do not forget this one thing, dear friends. With the Lord, a day is like a thousand years, and a thousand years are like a day. The Lord is not slow in keeping his promises, as some understand slowness. He is patient with you, not wanting anyone to perish, but everyone to come to repentance. But the day of the Lord will come like a thief. The heavens will disappear with a roar. The elements will be destroyed by fire and the earth and everything in it will be laid bare. Since everything will be destroyed in this way, what kind of people ought you to be? You ought to live holy and godly lives as you look forward to the, to the day of God and speed its coming. That day will bring about destruction of the heavens by fire, and the elements will melt with the heat. But in keeping with his promise, we are looking forward to a new heaven and a new earth, a home of righteousness. So then, dear friends, since you are looking forward to this, make every effort to be found spotless, blameless, and at peace with him. Bear in mind that our Lord's patience means salvation, just as our dear brother Paul also wrote to you with the wisdom that God gave him. He writes the same way in all his letters, speaking in them of these matters. His letters contain some things that are hard to understand, which ignorant and unstable people distort, as they do other scriptures to their own destruction. Therefore, dear friends, since you already know this, be on your guard so that you may not be carried away by the error of lawless men and fall from your 
secure position, but grow in the grace and knowledge of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. To him be glory, both now and forever. Amen. Here ends the reading. Morning, everyone. Let's pray. <clears throat> Gracious Father, uh, we thank you for the chance to look at your word, to be, have it, to be encouraged by it, enthused by it, to be corrected by it, to be trained by it, to be just have it. Father, it is life. We ask, Lord, that you would help us, help us as we approach it. May our hearts be truly open to you, and may you keep me from error, we pray. In Jesus' name, amen. Uh, <clears throat> I have a bad memory. Uh, is your memory good? My memory's lousy, terrible, really bad. I'm one of those people. As your mum says to you, Joyce, does your mum say this? She wouldn't have said to you. My mum used to say, well, you'd forget your head if it wasn't screwed on. Have you ever had that one said to you, Joyce? You have? I'm surprised. Anyone else? Yeah, there's a few. Yeah. There's a few of us. Uh, I'm that person who has to watch a movie four or five times before I ever can remember anything about it. And then about a little time later, I can't remember it anymore anyway. So, so I've noticed Peter is, remind, is, as we said, is uh, writing to these people. It's his last thing he can say. He's dying. He's going to leave and he wants them to know and to remember. And he says, beloved ones, please remember. Uh, so the first point is remember the truth. And I get beloved ones. If you look at verse one, it says, probably in your verse, it says, dear friends. Does it say dear friends? I don't know why that all the translations do this, because dear friends is just not going to cut it. I'm sorry. It's way more intimate than that. Peter knows these people very, very well. Dear friends is a little bit impersonal. Peter has a strong connection. Better translation would be beloved. People don't like that word, so we say beloved ones maybe. But that's the original. It shows Peter knows them. He loves them. He's confident in them, confident who they are, confident in where they've come from and who they have been and now are. Here they are transformed. He wants them as people he knows well, to be encouraged, to be encouraged to keep going to the end. <clears throat> he wants them, as he says in verse 2, recall, recall the words spoken in the past by the holy prophets and the command given you by our Lord and Saviour through, through your apostles. Now, apostles means here, probably means sent one, that Big A is not really probably thought of here where we will say they, these people, as Peter is, he is an apostle. He wants them to remember what the people who Jesus sent 
have said to them, of which he is one. He wants them to remember, beloved ones, remember the truth, that truth that all promises of God find their fulfilment in Jesus. Remember that, that all those promises in the Old Testament have been fulfilled in Jesus. He wants them to remember that it's not plan A, where we do this and do that and sacrifice this and sacrifice that, and, oh, that didn't work. Plan B, Jesus. It's not plan A, plan B. The two are connected and they are the one plan, the continuous plan of God culminating in the person of Jesus. He wants them to remember that, to remember the truth that Jesus, all things have led to Jesus and he's about to remind them that all things will end, finish in Jesus as well. What is the command that Peter's reminding them of? Pardon me. It's probably the command to turn from their old ways to live, repent from all their former ways and obey and follow Jesus. I say that because remember the last time there were scoffers. Now, do you like that word, scoffer? Who likes the word scoffer? Anyone? It's a fun word, isn't it? Scoffer and scoffing. But it's actually not a good word. The scoffers and the scoffing uh, scoffing that they're doing, the scoffers, the false teachers, they are encouraged people to turn back to their old ways, which is what they're doing. He says in verse 3 to 7, they've forgotten the truth. He wants them to remember what Jesus asked them to do, to repent, to turn from their old ways, and to follow Jesus' new ways, his ways of holiness, godliness, a repentant life. Scoffers forget the truth, and they've always been here. If you don't believe me, turn back to Psalm 1. Psalm 1, verse 1. The first words in the psalm, the salt. Psalter, psalter, psalter. I haven't used that word for a while. The psalter. Anyway, in the Psalms, is has scoffers and mockers. Scoffers and mockers don't reason against the truth, but they belittle it. They rubbish it. They dismiss it. The mockers claim to follow the truth, but they scoff at the truth. And one of the things they scoff about is in verse 4. They scoff about Jesus' return. Verse 4, where is this coming, he promised. Ever since our ancestors died, everything goes on as it has since the beginning of creation. Things have been going on and people have actually believed and passed away. That's already happened. Generation or two have believers have come and gone. And the scoffers are saying, well, where is this return of Jesus? I thought he was coming. Wasn't Jesus going to return? How is, where was that going to happen? Peter says the scoffers have forgotten who made the world in their, who made the world in the first place and that they've forgotten that it is God who made it, and it's his timetable. 
Instead, he says, we leave that timing to God, which is second point. Remember, it's God's timetable. Now, does anyone remember train timetables? Did anyone else have trouble reading timetables? Train time? I was hopeless at reading timetables, just as I couldn't remember anything, Joyce. I can't, couldn't read a timetable to save my life. I'd get the wrong date. I'd think I'd arrive at the platform. Where is the train? Oh, it's a, Saturday, it's a weekend timetable. It's a Saturday timetable. I couldn't work it out. It's very confusing. Was I on the right day? Blah, blah, blah. There are lots of Christians <clears throat> who also try to read the world's timetable and try to figure out what God's doing in it. They try and interpret the times, the signs of the days. There's a wonderful little book you can probably pick up for not a lot of money called 88 Reasons Why the Rapture Will Be in 1988. Now, I'm sure you can, sure you can pick that up at quite a decent little price, uh, going quite cheap somewhere. 88 Reasons Why the Rapture Will Be in 1988. <clears throat> there are numerous examples of that sort of thing. The, as you know, the JWs, the Jehovah's Witness sect, also made a prediction that Jesus would return in 1914. Now, what happened in 1914? World War I, you, you do know your stuff. 1949, there's a lot going hap happening, and boy, it starts to look like it, doesn't it? It's an apocalypse. But it didn't happen. And so what did they say? Well, they said, oh, actually, it was an invisible return. Which, uh, do you have invisible things? I had an invisible friend when I was a child. He's one of the best friends I've ever had, Bill. Was he real? No. <laughs> no, it wasn't. Lots of people make lots of projections. There are photos of people gathering on the... The, the heads of Sydney waiting for Jesus to come through the heads. Lots of people have made predictions. Peter says, don't be worried about those sort of things. Don't worry about that stuff, but know that he is coming. Verse 8 9. Do not forget this one thing, he says, my beloved. With the Lord, a day is like a thousand years, and a thousand years is like a day. The Lord is not slow in keeping his promise, as some have understood slowness. He is patient with you, not wanting anyone to perish, but everyone to come to repentance. Peter's telling them, don't try to figure out God's timetable. Don't be put off by it, and don't try to figure it out. God's got it in hand and in control. Has anyone ever done any ancestry tree sort of thing? You ever done that? You've done a few? A few have done it? I've done a little bit. Uh, I remember one, at one time I, I stopped and looked. I was back to 1730 in Scotland and, uh, you know, we sort of, I started right down and wrote the names down. One, two, three. Four, and then basically mine appeared. And I just counted back how many names were now on the paper. I'd gone back to 1730, 
but there wasn't really that many names on the paper between me and my great, 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 whatever that was, grandfather was. There weren't many names. That was 300 years. What seemed like a long time really wasn't that long at all when I looked at it. Peter reminds these people that when God's looking at time, a day is like a thousand years. It's not very long. God is patient, he says, patient wanting his people to come to repentance. That's the plan. God has these things in his timing. Don't be concerned about the time. Don't be concerned about people say they're not coming. It's too slow. And don't be concerned about worrying about when it will happen. God has it in time. Rest in his love and care. Right back in Genesis 12, you remember that one of promises to Abraham was that the world would be blessed. In Jesus, that has come about and is working its way out. As you know, God made time. And in a sense, God lives outside time. Time is no concern to him. God's patience towards us leads to him to keep the whole thing going so that his people will be saved. That's what we know. That's what we trust in. And God is faithful to his promises that he will save his people. How many weeks is it to Christmas? Do you know? It's a terrible thing when you know, isn't it? Is it eight? It's eight. Oh, my goodness. Eight weeks. Christmas is coming. What does Jesus' name mean? God with us. Or from Matthew 1, the Lord saves. God was saving the world in Jesus that's coming as we remember it. His coming again is also coming in his good time. Peter says, God is not slow. Christ's return will happen in his time, but it will be unexpected. It will come suddenly. It will be a dramatic and sudden display of God's power and glory. Verse 10, the day of the Lord will come like a thief. The heavens will disappear with a roar. The elements will be destroyed by fire and the earth and everything in it will be laid bare. God's control of this will be swift, dramatic, certain and sure in his own timing. And so in that, he says, don't worry about those things instead Remember to live godly lives, verses 11 to 18. He wants them to lead these godly lives as they look forward to a new heaven and a new earth. He wants them to be forward lookers for God has a plan and as it unfolds, he wants his people 
to live in a way that prepares them for that. In God's scheme, in his great timing, there's no delay. And while we wait, we live for him. Hebrews 1 said this, in the last days, he has spoken to us by his son. Notice those words, in these last days. Now, normally that phrase, you might think and put it down from us somewhere. Almost 2,000 years that way, back, the writer to the Hebrews uses those words. In these last days, he has spoken to us by his son, whom he appointed heir of all things and through whom he made the universe. Peter wants these people to live in a way that expects the return, not to be worried about its timing, whether it's happening now or why hasn't it happened, not to listen to the scoffers who get, want them to forget about, I don't know what this is happening, go back to your old life. He wants them to continue to be encouraged. Remember, this is his last words. He wants them to keep going. He says that day will come. It will be swift. It will be unexpected. But the new heavens and the new earth, which God has promised, is a home of righteousness. It'll be the place where all wrong is removed. It is a place where God will bring us back to himself and we will be with him and he will be our, our God and we will be his people. As you might remember from Revelation 21, there will be no more tear, no more crying, no more death, no more pain. For all those things are from the past. God will not slow in delivering these things, keep going for Jesus, keep living for him. That's what he closes with, verse 14. Dear friends, beloved, since you are looking forward to this, make every effort to be found spotless, blameless and at peace with him. We close those, those thoughts. Here we are at the end of 2 Peter where the Lord will Come again, and he will bring a renewal of the earth, where the new, he new heavens, new earth, where we will be with him. His people will be with them forever. The old will be gone. Judgment will come. His people will emerge because of his grace and mercy and promises in Jesus. That's how we live. That's his saying. Make sure... Live with that in focus. Make sure that you know the danger, Ben. You know what they're on about and how they're all about turning you back. Keep going. For Jesus will come. And when he comes, he will be our king. Michael Green asked this question, how will, of himself actually, how will Jesus find me when he comes? How will Jesus find me? Peter urges these people to be found pursuing godliness and living expectantly in the hope that Jesus has given us. Let's pray.
Gracious Father, we pray that you would help us to live in that hope that our God has acted for us in Jesus, that our world has been judged and will be judged, and that, Lord, we will receive the grace and mercy that has been bestowed on us because of your kindness and greatness. We remember that Christ will return, and we remember that we should live godly lives expectantly with that in mind. Lord, there's lots of distractions. There's lots of people saying that won't happen or hasn't happened or will not happen or blah, blah, blah. Lots of people scoff and mock. We pray that we might be found faithful in you. We pray that we would remember, as Peter encourages us, to live godly lives in a way that finds us doing the things that please you. Help us to please you. Empower our lives, strengthen us, keep us close to you as we wait for your, our Lord's return. And, Father, we ask that as we do that, we may help us to encourage one another, help us to spur one another on with love and good deeds, we pray in honour of you and in the suggestion that Peter has for us, that we do that as your people who look forward to your promises and a new future in you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.